Good evening, Black Urban America. We're here for another week. Um, I'm sorry to tell you that um, Tammy won't be here this evening. And I guess we'll be 30 minutes late. But back by popular demand, we have Miss April Jones, who, like, like close to 2,000 people downloaded the show the last time he was on. So, good evening, Miss Jones. Good How evening. Hi. How you doing this evening? I'm doing wonderful this evening. Good. I just had to do a couple uh, rundown, and then um, we get back to our little conversation. Um, this is Black Urban America. My name is Kenny Jones. Black Urban America is sponsored by Queen Mother for Real Media. And I am not the only show that come uh, on for Queen Mother for Real Media. Uh, we have on Wednesdays, uh, 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 No One Talks by Devin Heflin. And he basically uh, interviewed uh, uh, different community people for his magazine as well as his talk show. And on Saturday evening. And, you know, he's getting a little following, too. Uh, Carl Sneed, out of Philadelphia with the Rock of the Thought. And all of our shows come on at 8 o'clock p.m. Eastern Standard Time. So that means if you're on the West Coast, you're three hours behind. If you're Midwest, you're two. In Mid-East, you're one. And in the Eastern, everybody's on board. You know, so I know that might be confusing sometimes, but that's okay. So those are the shows we have right now uh, by Queen Mother for Real Media. Also, it's not a new program, I thought of, but it's a new program that's being implemented. But also, I'm working with self-employed people and, and, and small businesses. And, I mean, we have a nice plan for you. And it's affordable. It's real affordable. And if you're interested in this Marketing Partnership Program, you could dial 404-573-6144, and you'll get me. So, yes, uh, you know, I'm going to stay on that little kick. For the past year, uh, Miss Jones, I've been on a room. I've been beating this nail, beating this nail with this hammer about black-owned, pro-black, doing business with each other, keeping money in the neighborhood. I had special yeah. guests on to speak to that. Everybody said, yeah, 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 yeah. <laughs> you, know, you know, so I start seeing these people on social media say they're self-employed, self-employed, self-employed. Small business mm-hmm. founder. All this, I say, look, I have something for you. It's a win-win situation, and you know, Miss Jones, my show travels nationally, yes. even internationally, Canada, London, the Caribbean, Africa. You know, people from all the world listen to this show, and it will be so much of uh, uh, a nice exposure for anybody that will come in this adventure. You know, uh, but, you know, everybody say, yeah, yeah, yeah. And, and now they want to answer their phone. Right? And, I mean, how can mm-hmm. we build something? 
if we don't learn to trust each other. We don't trust each other. There was an article. There was an article. It was, oh, I forgot what magazine was in. Uh, I wrote it down, too, but I'm not going to fumble through the pages now. Uh, it said, entrepreneurs should not rely on black consumers. Really? Black entrepreneurs. No, let me get right. Black entrepreneurs should not rely on black consumers. Black entrepreneurs. Wow. And he stated that, you know, historically when people try to put their base in the black community were black folks. Now, now, I want to know why black folks would run out so quickly to buy from this individual where your own have hers or his. You know? And they Mm -hmm. don't know the benefits. People... Black folks do not know the benefits of controlling your own finances. Chinatown. Let me throw one. Just throw something out there. Costco be running up there shoot Chinese men. Mm-hmm. Do that? Hello? Mm-hmm. Hello? I'm here. I'm sorry. Can you repeat that? I, I was saying that um, black folks don't know how important it is to control their own finances, a.k.a. Uh, 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 Chinatown. Cops will be running up in their neighborhoods shooting Chinese men, do that. No, they don't. But they run in the black neighborhoods and shoot as quick as a dog. And, and, and that's because we as the people ask so much of government to be in our affairs, to be in our lives, to correct this, to correct that, do this for that. Case in point, when the sister come on, if she come on, when she come on, you know, we're going to talk about Afrocentric education, about have, teaching a curriculum the cultural way. My question is, what culture do we have where we can't trust each other? What kind of culture do we have if we can't do business with each other? What culture do we have when 99 cents out of a dollar leaves the community? Mm. Well, I was reading something in Essence recently and um, about black banks. And I know um, I can't remember the hashtag per se um, verbatim, but they were saying like hashtag black banks. And black banks have seen like an increase of, you know, African-Americans investing their money in their banks recently. That's beautiful. Well, I guess the message is getting out there, but slowly. Uh, uh, maybe it's my approach, or, or maybe I should get somebody else to do it for me, you know. So, um, well, that gives me an idea. So, um, yeah, so uh, you want to tell the audience a little about yourself, Miss Jones? Sure. Um, I am a early care educator. Um, I've been an early care educator for nine years, 
And so um, I've been working in the education industry in the field of birth through five. And also, too, I consider myself a birth through five advocate where I um, look into different resources and programs to serve um, the school and the families that need um, different resources. So some of those resources might vary from having a workshop about dealing with temper tantrums or um, possibly you look into a more um, suitable program when they transition to elementary school for after-school programs or if that parent needs some type of financial services, um, anything that I can help to aid that family um, throughout the course of that year, even if they need um, a little bit of mentorship, then I do that as well. And in addition to, like, educating children, um, one of the things I'm very passionate about is bringing um, educational outreach opportunities to schools. So, um, having like the Colgate truck come or just different um, things that the children can learn outside of the four walls of the classroom to kind of bridge the themes and the curriculum, um, that's me. So, yes, I'm very passionate about my field. How do you think our current, current president going to address early learning? Hmm. That's a very good question. Um, I know that for the most part, um, current presidents, that's have been a push um, for birth through five is making presidents more aware as to what type of investments we need in our field. Um, so as of right now, um, I believe that his approach to early care education, I haven't really heard him speak much about it. More so, I've, when it comes to edu to the education, I've heard more so about being um, pro-choice when it comes to like the charter school movement and um, private schools and different things like that. But um, I would, if I had the opportunity, I would really encourage um, President Trump to really invest. Um, and birth through five because that is the beginning. And so um, one of the ways I would encourage him to invest is just kind of putting his money where his mouth is, per se, as to, like, us having choices as well as for us, like, teacher salaries and um, just putting high-quality education in the community because um, as we look at the scope of education and how people try to look at, like, the high school dropout rates and um, how some schools are doing better than others, I think the basic foundation is just having a strong, strong um, early education behind um, your community, per se. So that's one of the things I would encourage him to do. Let me ask you something, Ms. Jones. Why do the early childhood centers or the early educators, excuse me, early educators feel that they have to go to the federal government for help, assistance? Well, um, that kind of touches on a lot of different factors. Um, 
even in the school that I work in right now, it's not necessarily federally funded per se. Okay. But I don't think that um, you necessarily have to go to the government to get your funding for your school. However, if you do have support there financially, um, it does help for as like the the fiscal responsibility with the school because having um, a school like a child development center, it costs a lot of money. It costs up in the millions, like for as the salary, supplies, and just the overhead. And so, and that's not even budgeting in like the factors of you know, taking care of the back end of, like, the the food costs and um, the other costs that might come into play. So you definitely can run a quality center without federal funding, but, however, that varies between centers. And um, the reason why it varies because a big part of that is just the financial support. Um, so, yes, and I and I do feel like the federal government should not leave um they should not leave early care education out because in a sense they kinda have, I guess because the 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 landscape of ed, of elementary school, middle school and high school is such a big, you know, problem. Um like I said, the high school dropout rate and retention rates and things of that nature, but I do feel like there should be some type of support there. Okay. Wow. Wow. So, you know, I feel that we have too much federal government in our um, in our affairs. They tell us what to do, tell us where to go, when can we go, who could come? Who can't go? Uh, 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 what to do? Can't walk there. Um, <clears throat> got to pay this amount of money. You get paid. If not, go to jail. Uh, you know, I figure that's why I asked you that. You know, I want to just okay. see what you would say. Uh, uh, do you think that? Kids need to know about their culture as earlier as your the children that you teach. Yes, um, for the most part, children are very aware of culture even before they have the language to express what um, is going on in the surrounding environment. So you know, children know that how mommy or daddy cooks a certain way or how they respond or how they communicate. So they are very aware of their culture. And I believe that um, a a good quality program will integrate their culture into the classroom as well because you can learn so much. Other children can learn so much about different cultures, and that just creates an environment where, you know, children are accepting of one another, and you never know, like, what type of opportunities might, you know, come out of that. So, yes, children are extremely aware of culture. Like, they're, like you know, a lot of times um, when I was working with pre-K for a number of years, they would talk about, like, you know, 
per se, like the different restaurants their parents might visit or the things that their parents might do at home. And that's all a part of culture, you know, and that plays a big role in the classroom as well because um, children role play like what they see and what they hear. So if uh, – so you're saying that uh, – Okay, you think it would be a positive thing if a culturally based curriculum would introduce or a culturally a culturally uh, foundation uh, 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 was introduced to the kids. You think that'd be appropriate? Oh, absolutely, it would okay. be appropriate because um, that was curriculum. The curriculum, in a sense, should reflect the child. So it should re- reflect the child's perspective. It should reflect the child's um, interest as well. So that's part of um, a good quality <clears throat> curriculum, too. So I think when that's in- integrated in the learning environment, then all aspects, even children that are not in that culture, can learn something as well. In addition yeah, to the absolutely. families. You ever heard of Afrocentric education? Um, no, I really have not. Oh, okay. Well, it's uh, it's been out since like ooh the late sixties. It really had a big push in the nineties. Uh, but however, uh, in recent years, you know, it had lost. Is is uh, uh, gusto uh, to like the uh, with the, the vouchers, uh, the charter schools, and the schools okay. you give vouchers, what have you, and and low test scores. Why do you think a a, a, a charter school that focuses on Afrocentric education, which is a culturally based curriculum? And where, like they said, like you said, they're trying to get the kid to learn what they're interested in. Mm-hmm. What do those scores? Are, what do you think the low scores are all about? Um, hmm, that's something that I have to ponder with for a little bit. Um, okay, well, let me change directions. Let me change direction, okay. Ms. Joe. You said that uh, something about cooking. You could cook? Yes, I can. They say teachers can't cook. Is that true? I don't believe so. Teachers are like scientists, and so I, I believe teachers can cook really well, but I love to cook. Mm, good for you. Good for you. Oh, okay. Uh, I would just like to remind the audience uh, uh, about uh, the shows, uh, uh, my show, Black Urban America, Tuesday night, 8 o'clock. No One Talks, Wednesday nights at 8 o'clock. I provide good thoughts Saturday night at 8 o'clock. Also, please, please consider getting involved with the marketing program, community-level marketing program. Um it will benefit everyone that's involved. You'll learn a lot, and and you'll have a great opportunity. So, uh, 
Let's take a ooh a three minute break, okay, Miss Jones? All right. Well, I mean, 
I feel like that's kind of wrong to do. I mean, it's definitely wrong to do um, because there are charter centers that are, you know, Hispanic. Um, There are charter centers that have, like, you know, um, Chinese curriculums and different things like that to integrate their culture. So I don't really understand why those are closing down per se. They really, you know, uh, you know, I've you know, I've been knowing about this theory for years, and I think a lot of our lifestyle needs to be more Afrocentric. You know, uh, I think mm-hmm. that the reason why we're having so many problems in our communities is because. We we forgot who we are. We knew who we are. What we knew who we were at one time, but it appears that we are, or or, or it's just like we're asleep. And the only time we wake up is when there's a police shooting. We could be dead for five years, mm-hmm. don't even hear from anything, and we just mm-hmm. go along to get along. Smiling in corporate face, smiling in the boss's face, and mm-hmm. juggabooing all over the place, and 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 for and forgetting about some of the crisis that's going on in the United States concerning African Americans, and the number one thing, the number one thing I see, the number one issue. No, the two issues here is, mm-hmm. is identity and trust. I heard mm-hmm. a guy said the other day, the two youth, they were talking. Mm-hmm. They were, and he was describing the other kid. He said, oh, he's a tall Afri- African-American, about 16. You know, simple, tall. African American, about sixteen. You try to describe yeah. the kid, the other kid, who who the kid was. I was, I was. <coughs> it was an interesting conversation. Mm-hmm. The other gentleman that was also listening to the conversation, he said, huh, "Don't call me African American. I ain't African American. Don't want to be said. That's an insult. I'd rather be called the N word." And he said, "The N word." Wow. And like, okay, wow. you want to address it, but something I learned, you know, uh, and it's a hard lesson. We can't save everybody. Everybody's not going to be able to come on the ship. As mm-hmm. Paul McFuckin' used to say, everybody's not going to be able to come on the mothership. And, uh, and some people will be left behind. And it'll be people that think like that. I mean, I, I mean, I really wanted to give a history lesson. So I said, tentatively, maybe mm-hmm. tentative, I said, well, is it good to have some type of homeland? You know what he said? My yeah. mama, my mama, daddy from the Carolinas. Mm. You know, so. Wow. This is no young kid. This is the older man. Mm-hmm. I said, so I tried to leave alone. I, nigga, I went back to over here with the kids talking about because they got 
more shit than this old ass old man. And mm-hmm. um, he kept on. Now he want to engage me. You know, and mm-hmm. so he said, he said, man, you know, uh, 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 I am a Negro American. Whoa, I hear that. And man, I heard that since I was six years old. <laughs> I mean, you know, with that, I say, you right. You right. How can you? How can you say that? Mm. But he's not the only one that thinks like that. There's millions of us that think like that. And those millions, leave them alone. I really ain't got time to deal with that. Maybe Mm -hmm. if he was a kid, yeah. Nah, man, you got grandchildren. Mm -hmm. Uh, You know, so I just just left it alone. And um, it's a shame that people in 2017... Mm-hmm. Rather be called a a disgusting term. I don't care, JC popularizing. I don't care, hip hop. You know, they say hip hop has become a Stephen Fetcher anyway. I don't care. Uh, 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 who? I don't care. Sam using all his movies, turns of endearment, look. That's an insult, because I know, historically, the last thing a black man heard before he was lynched or shot back in the day with the word or being called nigger. There was a time where every black man had the same first name. You know what that first name was? Nigger. And it, and it wasn't called like Nigger Smith or Nigger Brown. They were called Nigger Charlie, Nigger Tom, or whatever. And you want to, you want, so you want to call me that in terms of damn Nah, man, that's all right. You could be my enemy. <laughs> Oh, you're gonna be a distant friend of me because mm-hmm. I, I, what make it so bad? What make it so bad now? Everybody in the world is calling each other niggas. Yeah, and that's why we need more culture. I mean, everything we do should be culturally based. Everything, even finances, even the finances, mm-hmm. you know. Even go making our communities more prosperous, you know, because and and, and you know, and that's gonna be the hardest task. That's mm-hmm. gonna be a hard task, man, because like yeah, I like that. Well, mm-hmm. I'm gonna tell you, in the two thousands, we had like that. We put our guard down. We put the books we was reading down. We stopped having conferences. We start going. We stopped going to conferences. That's going. And 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 and, 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 and another thing, another thing that's that 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 uh, 
that uh, bewills me is like, why can't black folks with different religions work together? They got to be a Christian movement. They got to be a Muslim movement. They got to be a Buddha movement. They got to be the Moors movement. They got to be a Hebrew movement. Look, isolating yourself from the rest of your culture based off religion is not the way to go. Because somebody don't believe the same as you, doesn't mean you don't have a kind of common enemy. Mm-hmm. I mean, right. it's simple. I mean, I mean, black folks are making this harder than what it's supposed to be. Mm-hmm. You know, I asked a brother. He's a, he's a host his own show also. Mm-hmm. I said, and Malcolm and Martin, I said, what do you think Malcolm, Martin, excuse me, what do you think Malcolm, Martin, Marcus, uh, uh, Medgar, Elijah, Selassie, Laumbe, Nelson, you know, when those brothers look down at us, what do you think, what do you, what do you think they're thinking of us? No, he said mm. they're what? crying. Mm. They're crying. And I was going to write a blog about that. I was going to write an article about that, man. They're crying, you know. But, you know, I don't think we respond to criticism neither. But I don't know what. Let's the let cops shoot somebody. Maybe we start talking again. Like we've been quiet. Mm-hmm. We've been quiet. Mm-hmm. We've been quiet, man. You know, uh, uh, mm-hmm. and there's some of the stuff they are talking about. It's like it's nonsense. It's nonsense. Mm-hmm. Uh, I don't know. Mm-hmm. I guess my guest is not coming this evening. That's okay. Uh, 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 oh, well. I'm just having a nice conversation with you, Ms. Jones. Yes, I'm enjoying this as well. Uh, would you talk a little bit more, huh, Ms. Jones? You could talk. And you don't have to agree with me either. <laughs> I know, but I do agree. <laughs> <coughs> well, Ms. Jones, but no, I, I wanted to ask you a question because you talked about um, a little earlier in the show. You talked about how we need to be, I guess, more Afrocentric in the home. Yeah. Per se, I think you mentioned something like that. So, I wanted you to kind of um, explain that a little bit. What do you mean by us as Black people need to be more Afrocentric in the home? Okay, cool. Uh, we need to have African African art, African diaspora art. Uh, uh, our books, you know, 
to uh, need to be more Afrocentric. You know, uh, not 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 the same old. Uh, I mean, no, bro, you need entertainment too, but not the mm-hmm. same old gangster books that be be sold out. You know, some with substance, something with meaning. Uh, 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 song, uh, music, uh, um, uh, readings. You know, uh, Christians do this. Like, oh, we're going to read a verse tonight after dinner. Mm-hmm. You know, we're going to read something from Mega after dinner. We're going to read something for John John Henry Clark after dinner. You know? Hey, that mm-hmm. is so traditional and very right and Christian, you know. But but mm-hmm. but, but if we practice that, you know, that'll start to sink. I mean, if we start that early, that'll start to sink in. You know, mm-hmm. uh, uh, so it's gets, like infusing our history into everyday life. That's what it sounds like. Yes, that's Afrocentric. <laughs> oh, I, oh, I have a definition here that I wrote down. Uh, Considering the school pedagogy and curriculum or what it advocates values and traditions of African people, uh, culturally affirming. It's like reaching your center core of who you are, who you want to be. And you know what? Let's say you can expose all of that. Well, if you want to go bleach your skin and straighten your hair and, uh, and all that, at least mm-hmm. you said you haven't been exposed. At least you won't 20 years from now and say, oh, nobody told me this. But, you know, I mean, all the black authors we have in this country, nobody wrote children books like For Birth of Five. Like everything that everybody reads, Doctor Seuss. I mean, like black women more and more coming out with their own children books. But now they're not getting old. Us, man, a black mm-hmm. children book to be read with kid every night bedtime. Two years. Mm-hmm. Toys, cultural, cultural toys. Right. Leave that white Barbie alone and pick up a black dog. Well, I will say, you know, being um, educated in the field, I've noticed a lot more culturally um, sensitive materials now. Like, you know, when I was a child, I'm 35, so when I was a child, you know, we just had, like, the primary colors for Crayola, but now they have multicultural colors. So they have all these arrays of um, different browns and stuff, you know, light browns, dark browns, but it, it's a lot of different arrays. Like light in brown, our classroom, light, yeah, okay. red fox joke. Uh, uh, <laughs> yeah, I don't want to fit anymore. Okay. Uh, so, uh, yeah, and so, I even I bought a book. Does that ask um, you a question? Yes, it does. Uh, you got to tell me if I answer your question or not. Explain some more. It did. Okay. Sorry to cut you off. 
no problem. No, but I was just saying that, um, you know, I really noticed that, and I'm glad that um, that's in our, you know, because now schools are, in a sense, like high-quality child care centers are required to have materials like that, you know, um, required to have, like, different multicultural paper, you know, crayons, paints. Um, as well, like I well, saw, it's a, it's, um, a, it's, a, it's requirement for you to have that now. Yeah, yes, you suppose have, I you, you, suppose I want well, you. Suppose suppose I want you. That's what I meant early about government getting in everybody's business. Suppose I do not want to use it. Suppose I want well, suppose suppose I want all white crayons. Suppose I want red, white, and blue. Suppose I just want white figures on my wall. Suppose I well, want Well that's not a, reflective of uh, your other your classroom. On my wall, huh? That's not reflective of most of the time that's not reflective of your classroom. To only present. I'll, I'll go open up a school in an all white. Well, people do that every day. <laughs> yeah, and ain't gonna be no little Africans Americans in there. Now, how what you say about that? I mean, it's gonna be you know, white all all true Americans in my class in my school. And I got the right to select anybody I feel like go out and put my money up. Well, I say that that happens. Unfortunately, that happens every day. Well, that, I guess that'll be all for this season. We're running out of time. Miss Jones, you did a great job. Thank you for Thank filling you. in. And I thank all the people that will be downloading the show. Everybody have a good evening and uh, and a good week. And everybody listen to Devil the Effort tomorrow and Carlton Steve on Saturday. And please give me a call at 404-573-6144 for that marketing program. Good night, April. Good night. Good evening. Mm-hmm.